What's going on, folks? Welcome back to another episode of Fitness for Thought. French here with Nolan, and today we are going to be covering fad diets, kind of what they are, some of the common fad diets that are out there, some of the telltale signs of fad diets, and whether they're, you know, they get a bad rap, whether that's actually true, is there some, is there some good to them? Are they good? Or are they bad? Kind of our general thoughts on them. So let's just dive right into it. So to start off, I'm going to just pull up, I just searched up a little Wikipedia definition of what a fad diet is. It's usually helpful to know what we're actually talking about. So according to Wikipedia, it says a fad diet is a diet that becomes popular for a short time, similar to fads in fashion without being a standard dietary recommendation and often making pseudoscientific or unreasonable claims for fast weight loss or health improvements. Fad diets are not supported by clinical research and their health recommendations are not peer reviewed. Thus, they often make unsubstantiated statements about health and disease. So that's a pretty good definition, I would say. Um, some Just some common fad diets that you have probably heard of. And I guess one thing that I would say is that some of these, you know, when I think of fad diets, I think of things that are just like common buzzwords. Maybe they've came and gone. Some people probably still do them to this day. Some people have for long forgotten about them. Some of them probably do have some research supporting them for certain benefits. So in that reason, they wouldn't be a specific, like, you know, um, by definition of fad diet, but just kind of a lot of diets that have come and gone over the years have been, you know, like I would say the Atkins diet, the keto diet. And I'm not, I'm not, and, I'm, and again, I want to say that some of these do have benefits for especially certain subsets of populations, but I'm kind of just grouping them all together because, um, Often they kind of just get grouped all together. So um, the Mediterranean diet's another one. Oh, what else? I guess like certain plans like Slim Fast or like Weight Watchers could also get thrown in there. Um, more recently, blood type diet. Oh gosh, the blood type diet. Yes, that's. Yeah. Oh, God, that makes. Unfortunately, me that was the thing. Yes. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Why would you remind me of that, Nolan? Um, yeah, the blood type <laughs> diet. Um, I guess you could probably throw eating for your body type in here too. You know, some people say there's a little bit of truth to the body types. Um, pretty controversial though. More recently, I'd say the carnivore diet has been, um, one of the more popular ones. Um, kind of some variations of that, just like the animal based diet, vegan diets, vegetarian, you notice anything that has the word diet in the back of it is subject to being a fad diet and, Sometimes they're short-lived. Sometimes um, sometimes people will end up finding that they actually work for them and do them long-term. Sometimes people will claim that they're the best thing since sliced bread and everybody should do it. Usually that's rarely the case. That That's actually the truth. Um, paleo diet's another one that got pretty popular for a while. And you could even be more general like low-carb diets or low-fat diets. So um yeah, fad diets, they've definitely, especially since the creation of the internet, people have definitely, you know, I mean, this battle on nutrition has been, you know, it's been a long time. And I mean, back in the 19, probably 70s or 80s, we used to think that fat was making us fat. And if we just cut all the fat out of our diet and just ate a lot of carbs, we would just get really ripped and skinny. Then we found out that wasn't the case. Then we thought it was the opposite. We thought carbs were bad. So we thought if we ate a lot of fat and just 
not very many carbs or not very much sugar, then we would do the same thing. And then hopefully most people know today that really energy balance is the most important thing when it comes to losing weight, gaining weight, or maintaining weight. Obviously, other things could be important for just health or performance. But yeah, nutrition's a really, it's a tough subject. I think a lot of people, I think we just as a human species think that we understand it a lot better than we actually do. I mean, we definitely have come a long ways, but, um, you know, every, every time with these fad diets come around, there usually are some common telltale signs or trends. One thing is they usually have complete elimination of certain foods or maybe even entire food groups. That's usually a pretty telltale sign. Think like keto for them. They just get rid of the whole entire macronutrient carbs is basically a no-go um vegetarian anything that's animal products or vegan anything that's animal products is a no-go um with you know the high the low fat diet pretty much low fat um any foods that have a lot of fat are going to be x'd out paleo it's pretty much anything that's not in a certain group of you know hunter-gatherer paleolithic foods that we think that our ancestors might have eaten back then everything outside of that group is bad so usually one of the first telltale signs of a fad diet or just a diet in general is complete elimination or restriction of certain foods or entire food groups or even entire macronutrients. Another thing is usually there's the people that promote these diets. Sometimes it's a lot of people. Sometimes it's specific people that often have um, financial incentives behind these diets for you know their own companies or something like that. They're usually pretty polarizing figures in the fact that they usually kind of have a my way or the highway approach when it comes to these diets. You'll hear people say like, I know with the carnivore diet nowadays, it's <laughs> talking about how like, um, like plants are bad for you, even like vegetables are bad for you, which like I thought I would never see the see the day where people would be saying that, but they're very polarizing and they're often very convincing in you know in their arguments sometimes they'll even cite scientific studies which oftentimes i think people will you know we assume that if someone cites a scientific study it makes them seem pretty smart because it looks like they did their research but i don't think very often that we actually follow up on that try to find that specific study and then actually look into is that what the study actually said because not a lot of people really know how to read scientific research and i mean i struggle with this anyway anyone can read like a healthline article or just your general google article about some certain diet but to actually read like a scholarly like peer-reviewed journal article one they're kind of boring as hell to read two they can be you know they can be pretty lengthy two there's a bunch of stuff you know if you don't know how to read statistical tests and stuff like that you could read the whole article um from cover to cover and still not really know what the hell's going on. So I think that's usually, uh, that's a tool that a lot of people are using when they try to market these diets. And they may be well-intentioned, honestly, in that they may be being truthful about what the studies are saying, but not a lot of people are following up on those. So they just say, oh, it's supported by research and they accept it as truth. So Nolan, do you got any other like telltale signs of what a fad diet or just diets in general would be in today's world? Yeah, um, I think that they usually make pretty crazy claims. So like they either say, 
you're going to lose like all this weight, 50 pounds, reduces all your inflammation. And they oftentimes say like, it's way easier. Like this is the shortcut. Like this is the one thing like people didn't want you to know. Um, so I think that like is usually just like a telltale sign that it's a fad diet. Um, another one is just basically saying like, it's like fear mongering. So like, uh, you know, they're like, like you said, they're demonizing a specific food group. Um, but they're also, you know, usually saying something behind it, like, uh, like this is linked to cancer or this is, this is, um, shows this. And just like French said, they might back it up with a quote unquote study. Um, but there's a ton of studies out there. Um, and although the process is rigorous, there's also bad studies out there and people debate studies all the time. And the, one of the things that matters a lot in studies is the group that they're studying because really the claims from the study, the conclusions are supposed to just apply to that group. You can make, you know, you can infer something based on that but it's not necessarily uh, going to apply to a different group. So a lot of times people cherry pick like certain aspects of studies and they blow it up. Like that's the new thing now. Um, if you have even a, little, even a little bit of a scientific background, you can take one little thing um, and then spin it in a different, different, like reword it and then make a whole marketing thing on it. So like, like the paleo diet. And like, um, now you'll see characters like the liver King, like talking about the nine ancestral tenants. Um, you know, our ancestors did a lot of things back then. And a lot of things weren't health, like they weren't good. Like a lot of the things they just had to do to survive. Um, and a lot of times that like, yes, in a lot of ways, they were a lot healthier than the generic population today, but in a lot of ways they weren't. And in a lot of ways they were doing very things we know now to be very bad for your health. Um, you know, it's the same argument of people talking about all natural stuff, like organic stuff's always better. All natural stuff's always better. Anything in nature's best. You know, there's tons of poisonous plants out in nature. Sharks are in nature. Like just because something's in nature doesn't necessarily mean it's good for you. And it, you know, so there, there's a lot of things that people can, you know, spin a certain way to make it look very good and that's why you know they're usually super popular because they are a little bit more exciting and they promise crazy results which is what people want when it comes to nutrition because nutrition's hard and you know don't let anybody tell you it's not you know it, it, it might not be um you know it might be quote unquote simple for some people but for most of the people that I work with, that's like one of the hardest things. Um, and so I, you know, don't, I don't, I don't like when people try to make it easy because it's not easy. It, it's hard. Um, now that being said, you know, there's, there's all these signs, um, of a fad diet, but like French said, they're not inherently bad. So, you know, I brought it up earlier, the blood type diet. This was one of my favorite, uh, projects in one of my classes <clears throat> at school, one, we got to learn how to read research, which is a very good skill. Like French said, not a lot of people know how to do that. 
But another thing that we learned was basically how to sift through bullshit. So the blood type diet, it was super popular. Um, you know, I guess now it's probably a while ago. I don't know if it was 10 years ago or longer, but um, basically it was saying you should eat based on your blood type. And they're trying to make all these links to certain blood types and why certain foods are better for those blood types. But really, if you're looking at what he's suggesting, uh, it's all stuff that, you know, so he's saying, okay, if you're type O, you know, you probably shouldn't eat any, uh, you probably shouldn't eat a ton of processed foods and you probably shouldn't have a ton of added sugars in your diets. And you should probably eat some vegetables, mm, maybe some fruits too. Like, yeah, no shit. Like he's <laughs> everyone should be doing a lot that. of these, a lot of these diets are saying things that are, we already know to be true, but they're spinning them in a way that's, they're trying to make remarkable. Um, so yes, you can benefit from the carnivore diet because you're probably going to be eating more meat. Um, meat's usually a little bit more satiating, has a ton of protein in it, which we all know is good for you. Um, you're probably also not going to be eating a ton of bullshit too, a lot of sugary stuff. So is it a magical diet because you're only eating meat or is it helping you lose weight because you're not eating all the other crap you used to be eating? So it's just, there's a lot of things people get confused, which I understand because nutrition is really hard. Um, but no, just because it's a fad diet doesn't necessarily mean it's bad but there's usually some gimmicky stuff to it. Um, and usually one of the biggest things for me when I think of like a fad diet is something that's not maintainable for people um, because that's a lot of times where I see the issue. I don't necessarily see things wrong, you know, inherently with, with the keto diet, um, but not a lot of people can stick to that. Like not a lot of people just like, you know, food's a communal thing. It's a social thing. People want to eat, spaghetti you know they want to have tacos on tuesday they want to do this they want to do that it's okay if they have some carbs here and there um obviously you know promote healthy carbs and and we want to we want you to eat healthy but uh at the same time um you have to find something that you're actually going to be able to adhere to uh is kind of my thoughts on it yeah yeah 100 percent. and i think another thing that a lot of the people that promote these diets, whether they know it or not, they kind of prey on, I don't know if prey is the right word, but you you mentioned like the, like the all natural stuff. There's a lot of like naturalistic, there's a lot of fallacies and logical biases that we humans just succumb to just because like no one's really exempt from them. I actually just listened to a book um, on Audible. It's called Thinking Fast and Slow and it talked a lot about like biases and like heuristics and stuff like that. And it was super interesting. And one that comes to my mind is there's one called the naturalistic fallacy where pretty much you think that anything that's natural or comes from nature is automatically better than something that doesn't come from nature. This is why a lot of people thought that artificial sweeteners were the devil, even though they didn't have any calories and like you could drink a whole soda with having zero grams of sugar as opposed to 40 or 50 grams of sugar they're like oh no but it's it's not natural it's not natural so it's not good for me same thing with like um like gmos genetically modified organisms when people thought gmos like initially it sounds kind of bad but when you think about it like 
they're they're modifying them so that they're better for us they're modifying them so that they're more safe and more healthy so that's i think that's one thing that a lot of these people fall prey to is these biases and these fallacies and that's that's something that's really just tough to avoid unless you really like know about them and can kind of slow down your thinking so would definitely recommend um, looking into those because it's just, they're just really super, super interesting to, to learn about. And they can really help you just make better decisions, I think, and just be more introspective, more self-aware. So that's a big one, I would say. I can I, I'm a butt in here. Um, yeah, you're good. Just to, just to circle back, I think we covered this, but anytime someone's preaching absolutes, it's usually a good sign for them to, good sign for you to consider that they might be full of shit because even with absolute things we know like added sugar is bad for you okay let's look at it from a little bit of a different angle um you know are there scenarios where added sugar can be beneficial um you know maybe for psychological reasons probably yes so they're not inherently 100 percent bad there's no no scenarios where they're you can't use them at all so if that's the case, then it, a real expert would probably say, well, this is true, but also this, or even I don't know at times. Um, so if someone's claiming to know 100% exactly, this is the only way, my way or the highway, it's probably a bad sign. Um, and usually a lot of the times, the only solution they provide is for you know, $59.99 on their website, you know, so that's, it, that's like, that's like one of the easiest telltale signs of, of how to, how to sniff out if someone's full of it. So I just wanted to add that in there. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Context is, context is definitely key when you're talking about those type of situations and not even that, like, obviously we know that if you, stick to your diet for a hundred percent of the time and never go off it, it's going to work. But that's just usually not, that's not, you know, humans, we mess up, we mess up from time to time. So, um, and I think a lot of the reason, because a lot of these diets people have success with, people have success with all of these diets uh, to a certain point. Otherwise we, they wouldn't get really popular. And although a lot of them do kind of fizzle out some of them, you know, I mean the keto diet, that's, it was obviously, it's had its ups and downs, but a lot of people still do it. And a lot of people still promote it. And I mean, the, the first reason, um, I think the real reason it was kind of invented in the first place is it's actually very good for people who with, um, epilepsy who experience seizures, the keto diet has actually been shown to really like reduce that. So that's a pretty, that's a good thing, obviously. And then I think it was the Mediterranean diet that has been shown to actually be like one of the most like healthful diet, just like the type of um, the type of foods and the composition of the macronutrients. Obviously, um, another thing that I'm thinking of is like the, oh, there was a book written called like Blue Zones or like the Blue Zone Diet. Basically, like there's a few different places in the world. I think there's like five different little areas where uh, just a crazy amount of people end up living like super long, like over a hundred years. And then they studied their diets, found out that they ate commonly some type of similar foods. And obviously those are kind of supported by research and often they were pretty healthy foods. They weren't eating a lot of junk, stuff like that. So a lot of them do have at least 
something's going for him, obviously, and some people find success on him. But at the end of the day, I'd say the two most important things with any diet is one, a lot of these are targeted for weight loss. So with weight loss, the number one thing that you have to have no matter what is a calorie deficit. If you don't have a calorie deficit, you're not going to lose weight. That's just the law of thermodynamics. It's the most important thing. You could eat literally 2000 calories of Twinkies and that's all you ate. And if you burn 2,500 calories, you're going to lose weight on that. You probably wouldn't feel the best, but you're going to lose weight. You can, you know, the, the type of food doesn't matter um, as much or hardly at all when it comes to strictly weight loss. Now, when it comes to just general health and how you feel and performance, that's another story. But calorie balance is always going to be the most important thing when it comes to gaining weight, losing weight, or maintaining your weight. So most of these diets or all of these diets, they're good at creating a calorie deficit. Keto diets, people, a lot of people love to eat carbs and they eat a lot of them. A lot of times you eat too much of them. So if you take away carbs entirely and eat a lot more meat, which is like no one said, super satiating, you're going to just end up eating less calories almost by happenstance. Kind of the same thing with, I would say, you know, same thing with vegan diets. Yeah, you can eat carbs, but you're going to be eating a lot more like vegetables and fruits and stuff like that. Very filling foods. You often just end up eating less calories because you feel more full and you don't feel the need to eat anymore. So that's the number one. But I'd say the number two biggest factor in a weight loss diet is the adherence. So being able to stick to it. And that's where, like Nolan said, a lot of these diets lack. Yes, they're very good at, you know, creating an, out, an energy deficit. But if you don't stick to them for a long period of time, they can be, you know, they're just tough to sustain. You know, if you go from someone who eats carbs every day and you really like carbs to the keto diet, yeah, you can definitely change your habits over time. And I, there's people out there that eat keto all the time and have no problem. I mean, I've heard that some people, you know, once you've done it for a while, you don't even crave carbs. And maybe that's true for some people, but being able to stick to a diet is it's it's super important. You can have the perfect plan in place. And this goes for really anything in life. But if you don't stick to it consistently, it's it's not going to end well. So the adherence factor is going to be one of the biggest parts. Another thing with some of them could be cost. You know, I've been um, I've kind of a plan that hopefully when I'm done with done with sports that I'm going to kind of try some of these different diets just because I kind of want to see how they feel and like what they're like, but like with the carnivore diet or the keto diet, like, like meat is very expensive. So it's like, damn, like I'm going to be spending a lot of money on food just to do this diet. So that could be another barrier to entry for a lot of them is like the cost of the foods or like, especially when someone's promoting, like, all oh, you need to take this supplement that I conveniently sell for my company to do, <laughs> to be able to get the full effectiveness of the diet, bam, that's like 50, 50 bucks a month right there. So cost can also be a barrier to entry that I think is not talked about quite as much or just something that holds people back a little bit. Um, kind of like the pe uh, people that say you should buy everything organic, even though the nutritionally, you know, basic nutrition fact wise, the foods are often essentially the same, but the organics just three times as much. But so yeah, those are the three things one, they're good at creating an energy deficit. Two, they're not as sustainable. So, but I would say, like really anything, I mean, if you want to 
the the best way to find out is to try it yourself. Try, you know, the carnivore diet for two weeks. You want to make sure you give it enough time where you can find out if it's actually going to be for you. Try a vegan diet for two weeks. Try a paleo diet for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. I think if you do that, you know, you might be surprised. Some of them you might actually enjoy. Um, not going to say that you're going to eat like that for the rest of your life and never deviate from it because that's probably just not the case for most people. But the best way I can say to do it is um, do that because, I mean, most of them are going to be pretty – it's not like they're really dangerous for the most part unless you're not eating enough over a super long period of time or you're going to be deficient in nutrients, which a lot of these di- diets – they are pretty healthful just because they include a lot more healthy foods. So you're not really running a risk of that. But I think um, psychologically, like you said about the added sugars, not being able to have some of your favorite foods can kind of take a little, take a toll on you mentally sometimes. And that can cause you to deviate from that diet. So just a, just a couple of thoughts there. Yeah. The only thing I'd I'd add to that is, if you are thinking about trying one of these, make sure you have a pretty good handle on your, um, I don't know, internal compass or just like ability to control yourself first, because I do find, again, one of the other problems with these, another term for fad diets are like yo-yo diets, because a lot of times they result in, again, Main thing with all these usually is to promote weight loss. A lot of times people lose a ton of weight, yo-yo diet, gain it all back. So if you're going to try one of these, make sure you have a good handle on it. And because the last thing you want to do is like try to go keto and then like three weeks go by, you're miserable. And so you just start binging everything. So make sure you got a pretty good handle on yourself before that. Um, but yeah, then after that, like French said, usually you can get like, pick up a little, you know, uh, you know, a little knowledge from each trial of, of these certain diets and, and, you know, maybe helps you look at food in a little bit of a different way, um, which can be extremely beneficial. So that's all I got. Yeah. That's a good point on just kind of having a healthy relationship with food, I think is super important. And, I don't think either of us are really super qualified to talk about that because it's a really, you know, there's people that train their whole lives to be able to help people with that. But yeah, like no one said, if you're, you know, if you do feel like you're in a good place with that, which hopefully you are, then yeah, try them. Make sure that you know that, you know, it's going to be different. It's going to be a little bit restrictive, obviously. But yeah, I do think you can learn something from these fad diets. Again, some of them are pretty bullshit, like the like the blood blood type diet or, you know, obviously the diets that have like a company name in them, like the Slim Fast Diet or Weight Watchers or Atkins. Yeah, like they get people results, but it was it's really they made that diet to like sell sell their products for the most part. So just be aware of that. No, you know, if I think really going back and looking up some of those like logical fallacies and biases that some people fall prey to, especially when it comes to stuff like that. Learning about those can help you be a little bit more aware. So if you're looking for something interesting to do, would highly recommend that. And yeah, just be aware, know the telltale signs and kind of be able to look at them with an open mind. Not that they're inherently bad or inherently good, but just that 
they're probably not the magic pill that everyone's been looking for because that just doesn't exist for now at least yeah i have a little skepticism but don't be don't be so close-minded yes yeah well put well put well folks i think that's all we got to do that's all we got for as far as fad diets um these nutrition ones are always kind of fun just because yeah it's it's a really tough subject to kind of grasp but i think if you know it's something that's really interesting to me so let us know if you guys want to have any other suggestions for the podcast hope you guys enjoyed something hope you guys enjoyed this episode took something from it make sure to stay tuned for new episodes thanks for listening thanks guys peace